Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you may be. I am Nicole BZ, the creator and creative behind this podcast, You Know Everything. I titled this podcast as such because it is so easy to spend all of your time researching, analyzing, studying, being educated, hiring people out, paying others to get shit done. And believe me, that is absolutely necessary and worthy. But at the end of the day, my friend, you have the answers. You truly do know what it is you want, where it is you're going. And people like me get to be part of your journey. I'm honored to do so. I get to guide and facilitate, perhaps even point you in the right direction or pick you up and dust you off if you fall down. But this podcast, my purpose in creating this, and I'm going to share a whole bunch of things that are going on behind the scenes because I think even though I've been a little quiet, or at least it feels like to me, I've been quiet in terms of my outreach and presence sort of online and with my people, like it's because I've just been quietly building back here. We explore big ideas for big dreams here. We toss around the very best in business strategy and the powerful paradigms and perspectives that push projects from possibility to powering through. And here's the thing, my friend, there is no one way. There is no one right answer. There is no one best. What's working for you, that's the best. <laughs> what doesn't feel cool, inspiring, fun, no longer the best. So together we are exploring what I am coining as new world business building where we are taking the best that the 21st century has to offer. We are exploring it. We are exploring these new tools and tech, but also these new ways of thinking. And I shouldn't say new because these are these are probably as old as thinking has been <laughs> as, as long as consciousness has been around, but we've really started to understand how we can systemize and then employ these different strategies. And what I mean by that is what are your patterns? What works best for you? How can you build a structure that actually holds you so that you can be successful on your worst day? I've had a lot of bad days. I've started, saved, or shuttered over 40 businesses. I've got three new businesses cranking just in the last three months. I've also had to walk away from two businesses just in the last year. And that is over $500,000 in bye-bye. <laughs> That's one of the things about actually being an investor and an entrepreneur is you're going to take a lot of bets and you can mitigate that risk. You can do your research, you can do your analysis. And at the end of the day, some things just aren't going to work. And if you want to play big, if you want to go big, you are also risking big. These things all kind of go hand in hand. And so it really is about how do you take the hits? How can you show up? on your worst day, or even better, how can your business show up for you if you can't even be there? So one of the reasons that it may have felt like I was kind of hiding out behind the scenes, I was definitely off social media for a solid three months. I did zero business development for a solid three months. And I've talked a lot about this. So if I'm repeating myself, that's just because you give a shit and you're paying a lot of attention. So firstly, thank you so much. If uh, this is your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I love it. I have a Discord container where I spend a lot of time. I'm currently recording this on a Sunday, so I actually do chill out on the weekends. But if you want a piece of me, I am in there all day, every day. That is probably the most intimate experience you're going to get. Obviously, I'm on social medias, but I'm really just going to be using those as a broadcast tool moving forward. I've got so many fun things coming out. And that's this episode's going to be a little bit about drawing a line in the sand and figuring out what's really working and what just can't stay any longer. And for me, it's not even about like what, what, you know, what sucks, what doesn't work. Like, why did I walk away from those businesses? Why did I find myself in a place where I, I wasn't on socials for a couple months? And it, it's actually just honing in on what do I love most? And when things get fucking hectic, what can I really zero in on to ensure that I am both filling up my cup, making sure that I am working in a sustainable manner so that I can continue to keep working and serving, and also just getting everything off my plate that I, I'm just not going to have the space to eat. You know what I mean? 
So in classic BZ form, there's going to be lots of mixed metaphors and overlapping analogies here. Let's, let's fucking go. So I kind of wanted to just, yeah, recap the last few months of 2022 and how that is influencing everything that is happening in 2023 and why I am creating all of these little teeny offerings because things are changing rapidly. So, okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to backtrack. We're going to take it to about May, 2022. And I knew I had a few months worth of travel coming up and especially with my clients, especially with my, my partnerships where I actually work in someone's business. I'm, I'm almost like, a, um, like a fractional CEO, a CEO for hire, where I really partner with the business owner and we get down and dirty. It feels like I'm the chairman of your board. I'm the executive director. Like I am there for you. I am helping you strategize. I'm sitting in on meetings. It, it, it's almost like I'm shadowing the owner so that I'm I'm quietly supporting from the background, right? And so with those types of commitments, my client commitments, my leadership commitments, my partnership commitments, I don't move those things on my calendar. So when I'm traveling, I show up. That might mean we have, you know, I'm teaching a mastermind at four o'clock in the morning while I'm in Rome. That might mean I have to find a Wi-Fi connection while everybody else is sitting by the pool in the middle of the day. I let all of my people know when I make these commitments that I have these these standing agreements that you know my time is somewhat taken for, right? And I love that. I love that I can work anywhere in the world. I worked really, really, really hard to create that reality. And from the outside in, it kind of looks like I'm always working. We're going to get back to that. So I very purposefully stepped out my work over the next three months. I had the right people in place to support me. I had all of the marketing and social media. I mean, I had everything from like the macro strategy to the micro day-to-day activities mapped out through September. I let everybody know that works with me, depends on me, et cetera, what was going to be happening. And I went on some of the most amazing trips that I've ever been to. I think I was on, I was in somewhere around seven or eight different countries, (laughs) two different hemispheres, (laughs) depending on which way you look at it. I'm referring to Northern and Southern. I met some of the most incredible people. I got to share space with some peers and associates that I'm developing very, very intimate partnerships with. I also just got to see some of the most insane places in the world from Swiss Alps to, you know, the Pantheon in Rome to, um, yeah, I'm pausing because now my brain is like reliving every single moment of these these travels. <laughs> I got to see 60 hours worth of airport lounges and the backs of seats in front of me, which was, yeah, I remember saying to the universe, when I said I wanted to be able to work and travel, I didn't mean fly directly from Rome to Denspasar, Bali. So yeah, let's be a little more specific. <laughs> but you know, Bali has obviously been a long time bucket list. It's one of the few places in the world I haven't traveled. I was there in a very intimate experience curated by no one else other than Angel Phoenix. So leading some business masterminds to people who are creating amazing levels of influence in their own industries. It taught me so much about creating community and influence in the digital space. Then, oh, I obviously would not be able to forget Vortex Fest, watching someone who has built a career online over the last, I mean, a minimum of 10 years and how they have curated their own space and really stepped into their own celebrity for their people. It just never ceases to amaze me what is possible. Wildly, unexpectedly, I stopped by my mom's. It had been, you know, since I'd left on my trip. So I think I left at the very end of June. And so then I went and saw her at the end of August. So that was two months. It's a little bit long. I usually try and stop through, swing through every four to six weeks. And since 2020, I um, quarantined with her But I've spent, I think I counted it up, something like 20 out of the last 36 months on and off with her. So that there was a lot of time, a lot of service there. She's got Parkinson's. And one of the reasons I moved from Australia, I moved back in 2013, was because of her diagnosis. So this is why I've created businesses that would allow me to travel, allow me the freedom that I needed, and allow me to be able to say yes to whatever inspires me and also not just be in service to the people that I work with, but my mother as well. And the reason I've been able to do this is because of boundaries. And also, if you have been paying any attention, I had a friend who got very shockingly ill. And so there was, there was on and off periods spent with 
her and her family. That was from 2019 until about this year. So for me to be able to navigate through all of these different spaces, and if you know me, you know, like caretaker, nurturer, you know, that like mama bear (laughs) is like not necessarily how I show up. So the reason I've been able to juggle all of these different commitments and say yes to things that weren't really even decisions, quite honestly. I, I didn't realize this with my friend in 2019, but you know, I've talked about this experience a lot and it's also not necessarily my experience to share. But when when I went to visit her, it was there was no thought process. It was a simple, okay, I'm staying. This is what's happening, and we'll figure it out from here. And the same thing happened when I went to visit my mom in August something had drastically changed. And she did have a bit of an event while I was in Bali, but my brother and my dad had assured me nothing to worry about, no need to race home, especially if you're going to be here in just over a week. So I went and visited and I realized there was something very, very, very wrong. And we needed to completely revamp her care and the level of supervision she was getting. And just, you know, a handful of things that I really thought needed to happen. And so I stayed. I I had a a very dramatic reaction. And thankfully, I checked in with my partner, who is much more empathic (laughs) and intuitive than I am. And he said, well, obviously, you just need to stay in, in California. And so I did. I have an office in Denver. I have a home in Denver. I have a home in Park City. That's where I'd been splitting my time. That's where I had left from when I went on my trips. So I needed to get back to Denver. At that point, I wasn't sure what I was saying yes to. All I knew is that I needed to be in California with my mom for the foreseeable future. So in a weekend while my dad wasn't working, I drove back to Denver. I shut down my office. I closed down quite a few different working relationships that I have in my businesses because it just didn't make sense for me to to be I felt like I was almost stringing people along knowing that my focus and my energy was going to be very very distracted and that like for the most part working with people in Denver if I wasn't going to be in Denver just didn't didn't make a lot of sense for anybody so shut down a bunch of relationships most people were were super open super supportive i had one really confrontational conversation which was interesting and i got back to california not knowing where i was going to live not knowing how i was going to pay for it because that that's orange county california you're looking at 2 or 3 grand a month in rent for like a pretty average apartment in which case i would need to also be working out of a co-working space and then my partner also works from home. So for the two of us and a dog to be staying in a crappy apartment and then paying for co-working, I mean, we're spending a combined four or five grand a month just out the door, let alone the cost of living there in general and gas, yada, yada. So it could work. I can, I can make it all work, but I just had no idea how I was going to do that. And I often refer, I used to joke around with my boundaries as being invisible lines that I just say, yes, I'm a shoot first, ask questions later, you know, better to ask for, for forgiveness than permission. I got very good at cleaning up all of the messes. And so saying yes, and getting that immediate hit that this is, this is the next move is something I'm very, very accustomed with too. And actually I'm going to ask you guys a question right now, because this is another one that I get a lot decision-making fast and impactful decision-making. I'm an expert at that. I make fast, impactful decisions all day and not the kind of decisions like, should we take, you know, the Southern route or the, I don't know, the, the direct highway that's a bit further North so that we we get there an hour or later, not, not decisions like that decisions. Like I'm staying with my mother for the foreseeable future. And I don't know how that's going to affect my future. Things that actually change your life, <laughs> that impact you and every, everything and everyone around you. And this is, you know, what I'm doing in my business now is trying to create these different resources that are often the questions that I get asked the most, the questions and the things that I go over in every single coaching partnership and business partnership and (laughs) professional relationship. We'll get to this. I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but with everything that I have said yes to and what I really am focusing on, I'm realizing my time is going to become more and more scarce. And again, there are things that I feel like are elementary in terms of my work and how I work with people. And so if I can make those building blocks available, why wouldn't I? And they should be incredibly accessible. These are the things that we talk about in the Discord container all of the time. These are the things that I'm sharing in the loop, which is my weekly-ish newsletter that goes out. But I believe that 
everyone deserves freedom and accessibility. And this level of education and skills in the 21st century is more inclusive and more available to everybody now than ever. And one of the things I'm working on in my more recent projects, because I didn't even get to what happened after I said yes to my mom, but if you know, you know, Web3 and the City Roots DAO and a grassroots digital city that builds on Web3. That is invitation open. Anyone can join it. Anyone can can work within it. We are building out templatized options so that businesses can exist and work on Web3. And so there is, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And in my attempt at being proactive and continuing to be this bridge from people's reality to their dreams and facilitating this, this tour, if you will, I am noticing that everybody is different, right? Everybody comes from a different place. Everyone has different experience. Everyone witnessed different caretakers and different cultures, different communities. And so there is no one size fits all. So by giving people these building blocks, they can then build their own foundation in a way that works best for them. So decision-making is one I haven't actually yet created, but I'd be curious if that would be of use to you. Email hello at NicoleBZ.com. Get on my socials. I get a lot of, I've been starting to get a lot of DMs from people on Instagram at the BZ channel. I'm also now spending a lot more time on Twitter, getting getting into all of it. So you can always DM me. I recognize that a lot of people are probably doing something else while listening to this. So asking you to take action while listening may or may not be the most effective, but it's starting to snowball. I'm starting to see people letting me know what they think in terms of like my intro. I asked a lot about that and with these resources and how can I support you? I mean, that's really what I'm asking. Like if you have a question, I will create a whole podcast episode around it. If you need something, if you're looking to develop a skill or a resource, chances are I've built something for that. I'm building for that. And if decision-making, making faster, more impactful decisions Should I hire someone? Should I invest in this new product or opportunity or even another coach? How do I know when is the right? Like these are big, big questions. I've already released the exit strategy. That is to very much facilitate when it's time to invest, you know, make the side hustle your primary focus. It's definitely designed for people who are thinking about when should I leave my job? And it might come to a surprise to you. I'm sure you think of me as the business coach working with business owners. I am a big advocate in a day job. I believe that most people operate most successfully when they have a very consistent amount of money coming in and, or they have not just an emergency fund, but a fuck you fund in the bank, which means that they're, they're covering three, six, 12 months worth of their, not just living expenses, but their, their day-to-day life expenses. And oftentimes this transition can take years, especially for people who have built a large amount of success in their existing careers, whatever that looks like. So the exit strategy guides you through not just the, the setup in terms of the structure, the systems, the financials, but a lot of the mindset in community. Oftentimes we don't make a, pa- a faster, impactful decision because of how it will affect other people. Not just, oh, what will you think of us? And what would, you know, if, what would I do if no one would be mad at me? Sure. Okay. But also like, and this is where a lot of these resources are coming in. I'm not the kind of person or coach or advisor or consultant or mentor that's going to tell you, you can do whatever the fuck you want, whenever you want. I believe that we co-create this reality. Yes, you create your reality, but there's most likely other people in it. And guess what? They're playing their own video game. You're just a character in their game. And so like the, what I love about business coaching is that is the intersection where your experiences overlap. And so how can everyone create a win-win-win, like their very best case in any given moment while understanding like we can't control everything. So anyway, I've gone off on a little bit of a rant. <laughs> you should be used to that right now. Well, you should be used to that in general and also right now. So with that, I'm creating all these different resources. That's what I'm going to spend a lot of my time talking about just over these next few weeks. The next episode coming out should be the Blue Ocean. It's in the Discord container. I'm going live. I'm doing my first ever live quantum business book club. There's a lot happening right now. And it's it's just simply because I got, I don't really like repeating myself. And that's not to say like you're boring me or you're asking the same questions. 
But what I advise every business on is when you get the same question three different times, create an FAQ, create a templated response, create a resource because as a business owner, you don't have time to repeat yourself. And that is clearly something people need to know. So these resources that I'm rolling out, I just rolled out the exit strategy. I've got three or four free resources coming out ranging from measuring your success to the the energy level ladder. The next one is, is boundaries for people pleasers. And that's what we're going to be talking. That's what I'm like <laughs> attempting to fucking get to today because I used to joke around and call it my invisible line. And I would say this much earlier on in my career, I had become very aware, especially working with artists. And when you work with artists and when you take on a new artist, it's it's no different than taking on like when I work with my businesses and coaching and not just because I love my creatives and my visionaries. But when you say yes to opportunity, all sorts of doors start to open up. Things that you hadn't anticipated, people start noticing you in a different way. It just shifts your energy, which actually changes everything. And very quickly, what had started off as a casual, let's see if this works, because I mean, managing an artist quite literally is like getting in bed with some. It is like the most intimate of relationships. I mean, I, I, I feel the same with any business owner. Anywho, the invisible line here. Like you've heard me say before, balance is a verb. Boundaries are actually quite movable. (laughs) Like as soon as you build a boundary, you get to lean up against it. And so does everybody else. And it, it might work. I've, in my experience, we usually overcorrect and we, we make these like kind of crazy rules for ourselves or for others that like three minutes into it, we're like, Oh, kind of want to crawl that one back. But we've never really learned that process of of firstly, just even building a boundary and saying no, like it's, that is like the first step. And it is by no means the hardest. Everyone talks, you know, I always say like, you hear people say, be okay to disappoint people. Are you okay to be the villain in other ones, other people's stories? Like it's so much more complex than that. You know, you have to teach people how to treat you. First and foremost, you just have to recognize when this is a yes or a no for yourself. And and that took me 35 years. (laughs) Like anytime somebody invited me to do something, I was like, absolutely. That sounds amazing. And I don't know if that's just the projector in me and invitations or just that like I'm this eternal. Well, I chose to and very much became an eternal optimist. So I always am looking for and expecting the best in everything. So like I'm easily excited slash distracted. I mean, who the fuck knows why? But this invisible line that I am the first one to sprint across it and then find myself in this dark void of an experience, which was ultimately my burnout. And I shared a little bit about this on socials the last few weeks as well. Like what's so fascinating to me about burnout now, having just come out the other side of it and and having been coaching people on this for years now, is it is the ultimate permission to take a break. So what happened with the last few months is I stopped a whole bunch of things to say yes to my mom because essentially I gave my mom all of the free time that I had a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the evening, three or four hours every day on the weekend. And and I don't know about you, but that is way more like spare time than I generally have. But obviously you can create efficiencies and, and again, you can lean on the supports and systems in your business. So I absolutely did that. I also kind of went into, I don't want to say like survival mode, but it was more like bare minimum mode. And I leaned on what works best for me, batching content, allowing my assistants, and I don't mean like assistants and the people that assist me in my business to just to actually like take, do what they do. So full creative control, full day-to-day control. Like you tell me what the strategy is. You tell me what I need to give you in order to be successful in your work. And we just, we just went for it. And then here's where things got interesting. In my growing obsession with Web3 and NFTs and smart contracts, I finally found a developer and engineer who not only agreed with the ideas that I had in terms of business, but reinforced that they're potentially game changers. No one else is doing this at a small business level, at an enterprise level, yeah, sure. If you're Google or Amazon or Microsoft, like you're building on blockchain. But if you're a small business, you're just maybe collecting some profile pictures in terms of NFT projects and have no idea how to integrate this technology and had also created a community of builders and devs that very much is in alignment with my own ethics in terms of how do we create inclusivity and accessibility and also trust and 
a safe place for people to gear up into this new level of this 21st century level business. So we started riffing. He invited me to go to Miami, Art Basel, and three different Web3 conferences with him. And in those few months, I launched two new businesses. And then I was asked to be the CEO of the DAO that he had created. And I mean, just (laughs) unbelievable opportunities. And also there's only so many hours in the day, right? So I may have had a little too much fun in Miami. I, uh, you know, that Miami Art Basel has actually been a bucket list. I've been wanting to go since 2000. So I got back from that trip and my partner had actually stepped up and been the one who cooked dinner for my mom every night. And at this point, we're getting more caretakers coming in and we're just opening, you know, the family is opening up to the different different levels of care that are, are available. But I got home and then my dad was traveling to a conference. So we had sort of gone tit, tit for tat. And so I stayed with my mom for three or four days, which involved absolutely no sleep, an incredibly intense level of caretaking. I mean, her condition has just unraveled. And so spent four days with her and then just got back to the place that we were staying and completely bottomed out. Like, thankfully, my partner's <laughs> pretty familiar with this invisible line of mine. And ultimately, I just needed I needed a big, long nap. And I sat down, we're now getting much closer to Christmas. So this is this is probably the week before Christmas, which is usually when I do all of my next year planning and not like resolution setting. You know me, I actually love goals. I don't know this whole like anti-goal thing. I think people, everybody gets goals wrong and they use them as metrics for success or failure. To me, they're just simply targets. They're dots on a map so that I can figure out where the fuck I'm going. Cause obviously there's a lot going on. So when I set, set some targets for myself, it just helps me stay on track. And it's not even about hitting them or not. It's just simply getting curious about what's possible and, and what would it take to create that, you know, turning my dreams into reality, right? I looked at 2023 and I was like, I have no fucking idea. I am completely blank and I don't care. And I was like, oh, that's burnout. Burnout is the ultimate permission to do nothing. It is apathy it is boredom. It is quiet quitting, right? And I know that means I need to take care of myself. I need to rest up. And I changed my diet. I started going on walks every day. I let myself sleep in. I had a very serious talk with my family about the care for my mom moving forward. We actually hired full-time caretaking at that point. And I gave myself permission to just kind of be blank for a little while. With that, I really tuned into like, you know, I take my own advice, BZ. I know you can't fuck it up. And that's what your brain tells you, right? Your brain tells you, you fucked it all up. A friend of mine had actually sent me a job opportunity and it was just wild enough that I was like, fuck it, let's apply for it. You know, it's like, give yourself permission, (laughs) to let that pendulum swing, to overcorrect all the way. It's going to like, that helps me see, okay, I sprinted past that invisible line. I'm now here. So I can see that old line. I can see where I'm at right now. Let's find something. Let's, let's discover a new boundary. And by doing the workouts, by doing the diets, by focusing on the sleep, like those are my most basic boundaries just in my day to day. And that old dialogue running in my head around, you fucked it up. You can't do this. Like I've told the story a thousand times where I fucked up like in my first, one of my very first international tours, there was $30,000 worth of gear that were stuck on a shipping container and the festival was starting and like, and I was like ugly crying on the floor. And I, I was too afraid to pick up the phone or ask for help or tell anybody what had happened because I was convinced I had killed my entire career. Like, I mean, and that was, that was literally 20 years ago. So I'm very used to this dialogue in my brain that tells me I've failed. I fucked it all up because that's what used to motivate me. It doesn't work anymore. It burns me out now. So what can you address right now? Because guess what? That's going to look different for everybody. It's the low hanging fruit. If what goes up must come down, what goes, you know, the bottom out moments are what gives us the strength and the resilience, you know, how you take your hits is like, what brings you back up into center? Like finding your true North, all of these little like mindset cliches at the end of the day, it simply comes down to 
What do you need most in this moment? And are you able, will you give it to yourself? Ain't no one coming to rescue you. (laughs) No one can fix this. No one can save you. And it's nobody else's fault. Yes, people can do horrible, awful, hideous things. They can be super selfish. They can be whatever it is. At the end of the day, it's just a different value set. And we'll get into that as well. There's two podcast episodes I did want to point you to, the exit strategy and then the values discussion, because I don't want to just like keep recording the same podcast episode over and over again. But boundaries come down to values. What is most important to you? When we burn out, it is because we've sacrificed our values. We have let other people's values take precedent. We have martyred ourselves. We've essentially defaulted to old habits, potentially being triggered through traumatic experiences, through default habitual tendencies, or just simply relying on old patterns that used to really work. Like telling myself I'd fucked everything up, I would then fix it. That worked for 25, 30 years. I've I've been doing that since I was a child, like a, a baby. And it allows me to take control of a situation and then make it better. But when I am not in control of a situation, that will break me, break me down, (laughs) break me up, (laughs) break existing relationships, break apart businesses, break, break, break my bank account. So the question then becomes, if you shift to your most nearsighted focal point, What is right in front of you that you can take care of? And they talk a lot about this in in a ton of different ways. It's like if you've got an overwhelming amount of debt, what's the quickest, easiest bill that you can pay? If you're trying to lose a huge amount of weight, like what's one minute of exercise that you can do? Like you break down these huge, overwhelming ideas, goals, dreams, wants, desires, haves, haves, nots into these like teeny tiny bite-sized pieces, these teeny little baby steps, right? And There's a lot of different reasons for that, but it's, I believe that we spend a lot of time worrying and, you know, either obsessing over the past or freaking out about the future because it's also just an excuse not to do anything just like burnout is. And this is, I'm not trying to blame you here, but just recognize what's happening. Like what does worrying do? What does ugly crying on the floor do? It's really simple. It it highlights, it, it should let you know, Houston, we have a problem. Ugly crying on the floor is amazing. It is a great cathartic exercise. It can process a ton of energy. And then it stops doing that. And it kind of creates a, a completely different kind of energy that, that's not very creative or contributive. Is that a real word? It's just compounding, spiraling. So With your boundaries, with what's focusing on right now, what we're doing is we're getting back to basics. Think about it like Maslow's hierarchy of needs or like the eight limbs of yoga or whatever fucking framework you want to talk about. But you focus on like hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Like (laughs) if you can address those four issues, you're going to bring yourself back to a place of neutrality. That's the acceptance. That's the surrender. And in this moment, you might realize, you know what? I've been hyper-focused on something that's just not a priority right now. Or I've been hyper-focused on something that's not mine. Boundaries begin with your values. What is most important to you right now in this moment? And if someone's been asking you to sacrifice something because they have a value conflict with you, firstly, that's totally okay and normal. Someone else's values get to be just as important as your own. This is where I think you know business is fascinating is because oftentimes we find ourselves working with people where we realize that we do have a value conflict here. And yet we still need to figure out how to make this work. In our personal lives, we can just fucking be like, F you, you're out. Honesty and integrity are super important to me and power and and money are super important to you. Like that's not going to work. You're, you know, bye. In business, we can absolutely navigate those conflicting values. And it's not about one person saying that or one entity saying that, you know, your values are more important. It's simply about going, okay, how do we recognize both? How do we create the space for us to interact here? Understanding this is your perspective. This is my perspective. In those instances, we tend to actually create something incredibly powerful because we are willing to create, again, this win-win-win. And it's not about I'm right, you're wrong. I'm better, you're worse. It's no longer this binary or this paradigm. And that's, I think, in, in values. And this is why I ask people to pick a handful of values. They become a filter. 
for every situation, for every relationship, for every negotiation. And we can bring ourselves back to just a very obvious examples, honesty and integrity. I think that what can often happen with boundaries as well, because they are movable, they evolve just like you do. Sometimes they fall away. Once we get to a certain place of confidence and independence, what might have been a very necessary boundary is no longer needed because we don't actually need to explain that or teach people anymore. It just simply is. So I talked about how like everybody thinks I'm working all of the time, right? I have a very strong boundary around my time. Not because like I'm actually super fucking busy, but because I'm like ADHD AF <laughs> and like I'm so distractible. And also like, believe it or not, I'm a very slow learner. I really have to immerse myself in something, which is why potentially from the outside, it might, it might seem otherwise, but I will literally spend a week obsessing over something, sleeping, eating, dreaming, listening, reading, watching, talking, like it it, it can, it's a little on spectrum. So I block out my calendar and when people want my time, they try to book and realize like I I have an hour in two weeks. I, uh, you know, three weeks, things start to open up, but my family, my phone is in do not disturb all of the time, except for, for, well, now my dad, which that was like a huge boundary (laughs) because one of the reasons I got so good at boundaries is that guy. But I put huge protective barriers around my time so I can focus. And that's how I am able to have seven businesses once again. That's how I am able to be in so many different places and so many different times is I am... I I take huge swaths of time to like get shit done. But from the outside, people think I am a workaholic. I am just working all of the time and that's okay. (laughs) Like I know my, what my day-to-day looks like and my priorities, my, my boundaries in terms of my health and nutrition and sleep and relationships and time in nature, time with my animals, time, just staring at a window, reading a book. And that process, I have been building that boundary for two decades now. And people get it. I don't have to have a big conversation with everybody anymore. When I onboard clients, I let them know this is how we work. Bing, bing, boom. Takes five minutes. My family gets it. My friends get it. When I make new friends, which I get to do a lot, they quickly learn that I am not that high touch individual. You're not, you're not going to hear from me all the time. That's just not how I roll. But when, when I'm in, when I, you know, have that space, which is a very intentional, purposeful time for me, I reach out to people. So there will be interpretations of your boundaries. That's okay. This is where you start to really, you know, that idea of like, are you willing to be the villain in someone else's story? Are you willing to disappoint people? Is it okay if people don't like you? When you have an innate understanding of a boundary. You don't actually spend a lot of time thinking about those things because unless that like, that's a value of yours. Everybody likes me. I'm the most popular person in the room. Then I suppose like, okay, you probably have very different boundaries than I do. So again, like that's why values are actually the building block of your boundaries. When you know your values and and someone has a value conflict, it's a very unemotional discussion. So yeah, I, I mean, obviously I have a whole a whole workbook. I think, I mean, it's it's longer than I had anticipated. And I what I wanted to do was give you actual scripts. And I built this for people pleasers, for people who are really stepping out boundaries for the first time. I picked the five spaces that people are continually negotiating boundaries where my clients, where I find them, we go over this a lot and I should probably have that whole list, but I know it's like a new situation. It is celebrating. (laughs) So often we don't give ourselves boundaries around like celebrating something, relaxing into a situation. Like I said, like having that time where I can just connect with friends and family and I don't feel guilty about it, or I'm not like jumping back and forth with work stuff. That's a boundary when you do have a value conflict. And that really is, that's the foundation for all that. Like once you can practice and feel comfortable in negotiating a value conflict, you, you will forever be able to resource yourself in any boundary building. All righty. So we are calling this 
the people pleasers guide to building better boundaries. It's a mouthful. That's probably the title of this episode. You are welcome. And I wanted to create scripts because actually I was inspired by, I always mispronounce his name, Ramit Singh. I will teach you to be rich. I highly recommend that book. He gives scripts for like negotiating credit card debt and negotiating payment dates with debtors, or I should say people you owe money to like your you know mortgage company or uh, utilities, things like that. And it just occurred to me that having a script for someone who is looking to understand how to build the boundaries and, and boundaries are, are, they are very, very triggering and very, very challenging when we first establish them. And I'd, I wish I could say that, that once you get this down, that stops happening. That's absolutely not true. But what you get better at is just knowing like I'm being triggered right now. This is not a traumatic situation. And I encourage everyone to, you can write this out. <laughs> You can write the letter and never send it. You can write the email. You can put it in text. Now, full disclosure, that is my least favorite way of communicating. However, I can appreciate when someone needs to feel safe and that is a way for them to express a boundary and a a starting point for negotiation and discussion. So with that, just allow yourself to tune into the best way that you can start with practicing this stuff. But the boundaries scripts focus on taking a break, whatever that means for you, just taking a knee, hitting pause, pushing a deadline back, pushing an appointment back, letting a kid know, Hey, I know I said we were going to do this now. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Right. Just all of those moments when you, when you realize I am about to step into a space of overextension, I have agreed to, I've, I've over-promised and I'm about to under-deliver and the person who I am going to sacrifice and martyr is myself. And then I'm going to be resentful. And uh, usually again, we look back and see that we ran across that line. So this is, this is just even potentially an internal dialogue for you to practice, right? Also working with a group. We work with groups all of the time. Again, whether it's our friends or our family, whether it's at work or in community. And I think we all base our interactions off of like very old, very <laughs> unbalanced group exchanges. So fun little practice script to just let everybody know, hey, we're, we're testing this out. Things will change. Are we good? Celebrating. So often, one of the reasons we we burn out is not just because we don't have boundaries, but because we don't, when we do give ourselves the space to take a break or to recognize like, fuck, we, we've done all of this. There's, there's no boundaries around it. We feel really guilty when we try and take a break. Like we let people interrupt us. We let appointments encroach on the time that we blocked out for some me time. Like, you know, our journal practice or our yoga practice or the gym goes from an hour to 45 minutes to 20 minutes to like just a, a hope and a prayer. So celebrating is actually a very, very important boundary new situations. And I actually stepped this one back. I was thinking new job. That's obviously one new hire. That's obviously one new relationship, new boundary. All of these are just simply engaging in something new and how to better manage expectations. I mean, ultimately that's all boundaries are, right? They're just expectation management. And then last, the the basic framework for value conflict, which is what we've been talking a lot about. That That is ultimately the framework for every that is like the blueprint for boundaries is value conflicts. Because at the end of the day, that's all a boundary is, is I am building a wall around a priority of mine. And it is it is a non-negotiable. And what happens oftentimes is we're cruising around in our little castles, we hit up against somebody else's wall that has another value conflict. And you have full permission to never engage with anybody ever and just sit in your little castle judging everybody else's fucking values. Let me know how that goes for you. I don't imagine that applies if you're listening to this. However, <laughs> if you're anything like me, you might have done that for a really long time. And your experience was filled with conflict and drama and martyrdom. It was war. I burnt out on that. And now I have a lot of fun actually working with people in their little castles with completely different value sets. Because guess what? When we work together, we can get so much more done for so many more 
let's say constituents, constituents, like not just individual people, but whole community groups, because like your values are a little different than my values, which means you appeal and serve a completely different group of people and communities and infrastructures and entities and the way that you work. Like I always, I always make this joke about accountants because people will complain about the personality of their accountant. And it's like, your accountant is not the person that you want to like paint the town red with. Your accountant is the one that you want looking at every financial detail in your life and making sure that it is accurate. Like the personality type, the values of that individual are going to be different than the, an event organizer who is, you know, very actively and extrovertedly made up another new word there. You're welcome. Uh, you know, trying to make everybody person feel super well taken care of. And it's all about service. I'm thinking about the, the hotel manager in the white Lotus right now. So <laughs> like you wouldn't want that guy being your accountant. Right. And also to say that either one of them is good or bad, right or wrong, better or worse. Once again, that boring old binary, it's just simply understanding what's important to me and how can I facilitate that? That's all that a boundary is. So these boundary scripts, I think are going to be a game changer. Again, they are based on hundreds of hours of coaching and enabling everyone from employed VPs to thriving decade old business owners, to startups, to artists, to creatives, to empower themselves, right? It is something you need to practice. And it might even be fun to pick a character to play whilst stepping these boundary practices and scripts out. Ultimately, when you feel comfortable and confident, everyone else will feel that too. And when someone comes at you with a conflict, with a value conflict, your comfort and confidence will make that negotiation a hell of a lot easier. That's when people simply respond because they can feel your boundary. And they can also feel like, oh, we've got a little wiggle room here, or this is a hard no. Like, there is no wiggle room here. And I love, I had this, I'm going to leave this. This is my last little story with you. I had this um, interaction with a service provider where I was paying them for service. And this is someone who I've worked with on the side for a long time. I think they're really great. I really like them, but I've, you know, I've never like had a phone call with this person. This is like an online business provider, right? Well, business, online business service provider. And so I decided that I wanted to buy one of their products. It was a much higher price point you know, going from a couple hundred bucks here to a couple thousand dollars. And with that, there is a lot more interaction. All of this interaction happens on Facebook. I did not know that. I asked about it. I was told that that wouldn't be a problem. And then lo and behold, the very first engagement is on Facebook. I had a fucking temper tantrum. And that happened full awareness while I was in like the throes of my burnout because this product I was hoping would help with all of my 2023 planning. And so I sent a very emotional email <clears throat> and I just, I got a really sorry that you're disappointed. Here's the link to the next event. It's a zoom live. Very simple. Did not acknowledge my emo, did not pander to my emo, did not offer me more stuff. And initially I was a little like, well, this, this is shitty customer service. Nah, nah, nah. But after like I calmed down and I resourced myself and I got on the other side of my, my little burnout pity party, I realized like that was such clean engagement. There really wasn't even anything for me to come back with. And I had the full opportunity to just stop working with them. I do very much value what they create. And I do know after years of working with them, like they're fantastic. The product that I bought is well worth it. The experience didn't meet my immediate expectation, but that's not her problem. There actually wasn't a problem at all. There was a miscommunication and that fucking happens, especially when you have thousands and thousands of customers and everybody just thinks this, they're just hearing it in their own words, in their own mind, you know? So her boundary was so, so clear, so strong. And it actually like empowered me. So with that, I feel like I've been talking for a really long time. I knew this was going to be kind of like a catch up episode. Wow. Okay. Well, there's, there's some edits in there. So hopefully this doesn't actually hit the hour <laughs> that it looks like right now, but I will be linking to everything that I talked about. Circle back to this. I'll be sending out the loop on Wednesday. There were amazing discounts at the beginning of the year. I was offering like 75% off of my, my, all of these new little resources that I'm creating. So get on the loop, link in the show notes, get in the discord container. It's free. It will forever and always be free. There will definitely be 
tiers of access that are part of these different programs that I'm doing. The Quantum Business Book Club is free. It's going to be live. You don't even have to read the book. I will do all that heavy lifting for you. We can discuss it without without you having read it. I promise. And yeah, check out Exit Strategy. Check out the People Pleaser's Guide to Building Better Boundaries. Next up, we've got Love Your Workshop and then the Psychic Profit Squad. So I'm super excited. I'm going to be teasing those out as well after doing some breath work with Jamie O'Connor. And I'll be on her podcast any minute now. I had my entire 23, 2023 drop in, which was really helpful because I've tried everything else, including a little plant medicine journey, self-led. So yeah, I was really grateful for, for that to, to come together. So I am officially rambling, which means we are officially done. Thank you so much for being here. You know where to find me at the BZ channel on your favorite socials. The Discord container is the best place. We do all sorts of fun stuff in there from talking about crypto and NFTs and investments to answering business questions. We did a lot of planning sessions. Actually, that reminds me, I probably need to finish those planning sessions. (laughs) Those were one of my attempts at getting my shit together for 2023. And it actually fucking worked. It gave me like a really great macro lens. So if if planning big planning containers are not your thing, hop into the discord container. All the videos are up. There are also some great financial tools in there. I am continuing to ramble, which means I'm going. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.